Hello, everybody. This is the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance podcast. Hell, I don't even know if that's what we'll name it, but uh, this is episode one, the first ever of the FTCA podcast. And uh, my name is Dr. Bobby Maybe. I am a chiropractor in Portland, Oregon. I am not your guru. I see patients. I developed or whatever you want to call it, invented or founded or just pushed the start button on a thing called the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance, which is a Facebook group. You can find us. And if you've found this webcast or this podcast, then obviously you've found our website, which is forwardthinkingchiro.com because that's where the podcast is at. Uh, this podcast is meant to not be like all the other chiropractic podcasts you hear online, which can sometimes be sterile, a little too um, uh, uh, focused on production value and a little too stuffy for my liking. I want you to meet some of these chiropractors in the field that are doing amazing things with progressive chiropractic and, uh, and are doing them in real life and are doing them with honesty and integrity and uh, having fun doing it too. A little bit about the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. We are a progressive chiropractic group that might hurt some feelings along the way, but uh, this group formed out of a group called the Dead Subluxation Society, which was a, a s small society of people that celebrated the fact that the subluxation is a dead and a useless term, which we might get into in one of these podcasts as we go, uh, and doesn't serve us well going into the future. And if we want to go in the future, we wanted to, we needed to change our language, and that's where the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance came from. One of my friends along the way has been Dr. David Wiedemeyer, uh, affectionately termed Weed, but we might refer to him as Dave in this podcast, Dr. Dave. Uh, he has been a voice of reason to me, so I don't go too far off the edge to the right and find myself somewhere in the middle when we, when we conduct ourselves in the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance to make sure that all voices are heard the best we can uh, and that we use logic and reason at all times and learn how to uh, pre-supposition our passions so that we don't get too out of hand. But the FTCA is very exciting. If you're not in the group, I recommend you join up. Um, but let me introduce to you or have him introduce himself, Dr. David Wiedemeyer. Is that how you say it? Wiedemeyer is correct. Yes, yeah, thank bad. you. Who, yeah. Who the hell are you? Why would you be on a show like this? You know, I mean, it, it, it really goes back to joining Facebook and, and, oh, uh, Jesus. and, and going, you... into, going into chiropractic groups and my head exploding and yeah. meeting a few of you guys, you especially, and uh, eventually when you, you started the FTCA, it was a huge breath of fresh air to me because it was more aligned with my values and, and how I practice. Uh, I'm a chiropractor. I'm in my, what, 18th year now in uh, Costa Mesa, California, which is down in Orange County, just about an hour below Los Angeles. And I have the most uh, unusual and bizarre practice ever. I did, uh, I know you were in California and you did work comp. I did some work comp. And when the laws changed, uh, I found myself in a bit of trouble financially. And bottom line, I was looking for new things, et cetera. And so, I don't know, I joined Facebook and saw, well, I joined Facebook much later, but saw and went to a lot of, uh, let's say, continuing education and seminars and different things. 
and every single one of them was against the core of my being. So when I found you guys, uh, I'll tell you, like I said, breath of fresh air and uh, it's progressed steadily over the years and, and made an impact, not, not just on me, but probably a lot of students and other people. So you, you should be commended because you're the one that created it. And I know it was kind of born out of this uh, animus towards it. Yeah. Yeah. And look at it. 4,400 docs. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be the subject of your first uh, podcast. So my practice and what I do uniquely is I'm also a certified pet orthist. Many of you know, and I, what does, that, uh, does that mean like you can't, um, you can't practice within 500 feet of a school. What's a pedorthus? Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, I had to put signs on my ice cream truck. You had to knock on all the doors <laughs> that say, <laughs> that say stay away unless you're, yeah, no, uh, uh, pet orthist really simply, they were created by out of necessity to devise, uh, orthotics and orthotic is a very broad term, but could be uh, any kind of orthotic used for the lower extremity for orthopedic surgeons. And a while back, and uh, more currently, I would say they're more uh, lab rats. You know, we learn to manufacture orthotics, etc., rather than being just the providers, etc. It's a little different here than in Canada. We won't go into that, but. Let's just say that Canada has a baccalaureate program. So in other countries, pet orthists are treated or looked at as a very big member of the team. In this country, they're mostly people that, like the guys that work for me. Uh, I own a lab. I make orthotics. And uh, for actually quite a few doctors in the FTCA now. So, Why in the world would you get into this, which is... It makes sense, and, and I'm sure as you explain things in, in the value of orthotics and uh, paying attention to the biomechanics of the lower extremity, it's going to make complete sense to the listener. But as far as practice goes and the way conventional practice sort of plays out for most people, they would never think of going this route. So what got you? What is your why? Why, why did you choose that? What got I, you? I would say that because it is so complex – um, this town, this is going to sound horrible, but I don't find musculoskeletal problems like low back pain, acute mechanical low back pain, which is the majority of what ends up in my office and probably yours. I just don't, I don't find it as challenging. Um, I'm kind of old school in a way. Uh, I do a lot of adjusting and very little rehab and mainly that's because I don't have time anymore. Yeah. Um, if someone needs rehab, I know a lot of great physical therapists. Good. And, and for me, it just became a labor of love. I was interested. I had my own foot problems. I went through the same frustration of going to providers that weren't helping me. I endeavored to study it. I followed and bothered the hell out of podiatrists who are the best trained in this. Uh, I have a great friend and mentor, Ed Davis. And uh, I don't know, chiropractors have probably never heard this name, but the guy that kind of put this all together, put together the system of assessment, really looked at and did, you know, started getting people engaged in podiatry. His name's Merton Root. And I'm actually very good friends with his son who owns Root Lab. So I know a lot of the lab owners. I know a lot of the local podiatrists. Uh, I make devices for a few of them. 
And uh, why would I go into it? It just turned me on. I, I liked it and I was good at it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I went before I became a pet orthist, I went a whole different route and started, uh, you know, diabetics with, uh, you know, if they're qualified diabetic and they have a, quote, uh, structural deformity like Hallux valgus and Bunyan, you know. Uh, these things, they qualify for diabetic shoes and insoles that are meant to protect them. And they're meant to protect them because if they, the regular seams in shoes or things, if they irritate their foot and they get an ulcer, these people end up with ulcers that don't heal and amputations. That's right. So for me, it was kind of, well, I could provide this service. I don't have work comp anymore, right? Uh, I can do chiropractic. I can do this. And I went to a bunch of the orthopedists in the area, and a couple of them really took interest in me and encouraged me and sent me patients. And as Medicare tightened up the rules, I found I had to become a pet orthist. So I really became one out of necessity to protect what I had. So instead of seeing Cairo patients, I was seeing upwards of 500 Medicare diabetics a year, and I would just supply them their shoes, fit them you know, for shoes, sounds crazy for a chiropractor, and their insoles, in some cases, I ma manufactured them myself, and I liked it. I did bracing. Uh, we won't go into that in the podcast, but if you understood what was involved and the income involved, you'd, you'd get it, and I did that for a number of years, up until about 2015, when I bowed out and decided to open a lab and, you know, do this, so I don't know. It just, I never thought I'd be here, but here I am. Oh, there was one thing you said that caught my eye immediately, which, which is interesting to me because I'm a systems guy, mm -hmm. is you said there's a system mm -hmm. for this thing you do. Like there, there's yeah. A system of assessment, I'd imagine. Yes. And an assist, a system for applying the therapy. Right. And an, uh, some sort of system for reimbursement and decision-making processes. This is something that is uh, embedded in the didactic training for podiatrists, okay? Yeah. Because they, they, disp they prescribe, they dispense. Chiropractors, I think, are in a very unique position, but I didn't know how interested they would be in all of this. And what I'm finding out is there's a lot of interest. Um, they, well, actually, they, ac they actually voted, you know, they wanted to hear this podcast. So yeah. There well, must what, be some. What, what I find interesting about the forward thinking style of chiropractic practice is all these things that you want to do. So say there's uh, mm -hmm. different pieces, say rehab, uh, training or turning your, uh, your practice into a hybrid fitness facility, um, orthotics, uh, nutrition and things like that. There are systems that you can plug and play into your practice. You just have to learn how to how to and when to or where to plug that system in and then run that system. And I think that most of the, the chiropractors we experience, especially the young ones, they, their brains haven't turned on to that idea that, that this is all just systems management. They're so, tied into it, the, the sort of like, how do I, how do I treat a patient? They're so, they're so wrapped up in the clinical side that they forget that the bigger piece is the system side. The clinical side comes along. Like you said, low backs don't interest you anymore, probably because uh, you've got that system in your mind sort of fine-tuned and you don't have to think about it as much. It's autopilot. But um, they could plug and play all these systems and then they'd find out that they have quite a successful practice. They just have to plug and play the things they love the most and probably refer out all the rest of the things that they don't. 
And I, and I think you hit on something and you, the way that your mind clicks is totally different than mine. And I've actually learned a lot actually about that from you and other people in the FTCA. That's I'm not head trauma as a child. So <laughs> I am not a write everything down systems born guy. Um, I do believe though that you, you've hit on something that is really missing with regard to what I do. Uh, in chiropractic, and that's that traditionally you have companies selling products, and their idea or their paradigm is kind of like one company advertised in the uh, California Chiropractic Association. You know, you have to take a cast, a mold for an orthotic. Uh, we're, I use plaster uh, mm -hmm. most of the time. You know, you can use foam uh, and do a good job or a great job, depending. But it comes down to. Um, one thing we were never taught was that system, that system of assessment and identifying which patient needs a custom versus a prefabricated, which one needs just a, a better footwear, rehab, etc. So what I'm endeavoring to do is put that system together. And one thing we do at the lab is we give a sheet out when people sign up or ask for information. And in that is an assessment that I do. And that assessment leads to, it's just a very basic thing. And from there, uh, some of the guys I've been working with in the FTCA, it's funny. They, they did not know how to fill out a prescription sheet because when you're dealing with orthotics, there's a lot of stuff you can do to them to improve someone's gait, to offload areas, whatever you're trying to achieve. Now these guys are sending them back instead of calling me up and sending me videos and us discussing it. They're filling that out. They're getting the system. So me not being the greatest system guy, that's what I'm trying to create so that they realize this is about you. This is your individual patient. This is your individual diagnosis. How do you want to change it? You've always got me to bounce ideas off uh, and soon probably Dr. Ed Davis, who's a, a podiatrist and a mentor. And the bottom line is systems. Like you said, if you have that, it makes it easier. You don't have to go through what I did, which is go through everything in podiatry that I could find and uh, orthotists and pet orthic learning. And I'm trying to whittle it down to, you know, a form where you can actually learn this over time if you never even took a course. Okay. Yeah. But the courses are coming because we need a better background in this. Uh, you're charging a lot of money for these devices. If you do it right, the number, you know, the, the patient satisfaction level of, of orthotics. I mean, you've even got guys on there that use, you know, that major brand that we know of that uh, I, I've never used. But the bottom line is even their patients seem to be happy with them. You see what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, yeah. They, they're, they're not doing what we're doing and changing gate parameters and, and uh, try, trying to address pain or dysfunction or deformity. But my goal, my, what I would like to do for the profession, since I'm probably one of the few people that understands this right now, is get them to that point where they have a, a quote, a system. And I never thought of it that way before. Well, here's how I think of it. And, and I think we're getting onto something here that is that when I go back and listen to this, I think I'm going to be very pleased. Mm -hmm. The system. So what I would like uh, forward thinking chiropractors and the students out there to understand is there is a system for everything within practice. Like I said before, for orthotics, rehab, 
how to go through the first patient encounter, how to manage staff. There's a system everywhere. It's upon you as the professional, as the doctor, to do your due diligence to find the best system available. Because there are systems out there, and if you don't find the best, someone's going to fill that need, you right. know, that gap. You know, mm-hmm. you, you just be like, okay, so I need a system for assessing and, and evaluating somebody and then adjusting their spine. I need, a, I need a system for adjusting. Huh. Are there good ones out there? Yes. I don't want to name any names of the good ones. Are there bad ones? Uh, yeah, there are some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle type adjusting classes out there that are absolutely horrible. You're not talking about, you mean you're not an adjusting ninja? <laughs> I mean, you know, any of these, you can find it for rehab too. Is there a, right. is there a really good solid ways to learn rehabilitation and assessment? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are there some pretty dumpy ones that you can just kind of learn in a weekend? Yes. I mean, the quality of the thing that you put into your patients is going to be the quality of these assessments or these systems that you learn. So you can learn the most basic orthotic system, right? Like uh, putting yep. your foot on, an, on a Xerox copier and then just shoving the form in the person's face and saying, here's your, here's your orthotics. Well, that's what we do as a whole currently. Um, yeah. Sometimes when I share in the form, I think why, why it's so well received is because they're not being given that system or other information that they don't know that there's anything better out there. Right. And, and it's awesome. not, and it's not that we build, I, I build orthotics very similar to a lot of podiatric labs. Okay. Just because they know what they're doing and they know what to work. So it's not that mine are better than this or that or anything like that. We produce, I, I think the highest quality devices, uh, you know, within a subset of labs that are out there. But if you don't understand the system, if you've never been trained how to look at the foot, uh, how to assess it. Okay, you've got this. I can do this, this, X, Y, and Z. Where are you really? And, you know, you guys, I'm probably famous by now for exposing that one company using, like you said, a Xerox copier to take right. an image of your foot. Did you know, by the way, a couple of insurers will not pay or have gone back and and audited people who use that system? And I don't know if they asked for the money back, but they explicitly state that they cover orthotics, but they consider that company investigational and won't pay for them. Oh, wow. Aetna, yeah. Aetna off the top of my head. You can find it on their thing. So they know that orthotics with the right uh, assessment, with the right diagnostic uh, medical necessity, um, they will pay for them. They will reimburse. Uh, I, don't, I don't bill insurance anymore myself. I'm all cash. For those things, but I can certainly help doctors to understand the system, like you said, of looking at the patient, deciding what they need, meeting that medical necessity, and then billing for it appropriately so you get paid. Um, I have two or three more things. Mm-hmm. One, so there are a lot of people listening. I think every single person who might be listening to this podcast is not a podorthist. Right. So how or where or in what way could they learn at least? Where can they go to learn this stuff? Well, this is what's going to happen, and I never envisioned this, but I think the need is so great that it's, uh, it's paramount to me to try to bring this, uh, at least my knowledge and the knowledge I've gained from you know, the shoulders I stood on to the profession. So I'm in the middle of putting together – the basic course basically for orthotics Sweet. and we'll have, 
Well, yeah, we'll have two or three. We'll have distance learning and we'll have live. Uh, the first right. one, I mean, the first really big one is at your event, uh, Forward KC, which if you don't go there, I, you know, just looking at the people on that list, I'm kind of humbled because a lot of them, when you talk about great systems and rehab and stuff, these are some big minds, big speakers in our profession. Your keynote speaker, huge. So yeah. you guys listening, you need, you need to look into that uh, because I guarantee you in coming years, it's going to go off well. And in coming years, it's only going to get bigger, bottom line. Oh, yeah. And this is where you go to get those systems. This is where you go. No BS. No, no, you know, I don't want to mention names, but none of these crazy seminars that might be in my backyard about, you know, subjects that really, really aren't relevant to practice. Right. If, if you're not in California, you don't get that joke. But the uh, California Chiropractic Association has in my backyard seminars. Mm -hmm. And they were they're cool for getting your CE. But we're not talking about just getting CE here. So uh, uh, right. maybe, maybe I'll go off the record a little uh, off track a little bit here. Uh, June 1st through 3rd, the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance is going to have their first ever annual convention. Uh, Forward KC in Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas, because it's going to be at Cleveland Chiropractic College. Um, there are going to be some great speakers there. It is going to be quite an event. Uh, I don't want to do a whole bunch of promotion about it right now, but David Wiedemeyer is going to be there, and you're going to do you, what? How much time did I give you? Two hours? I think you gave me a breakout of a couple hours, which is great okay. because it'll be hands on. Yeah, we're going to break you out. We're not. It's not just a lecture. It's I want people to see kind of the, the method behind the madness a little bit and, and see what's going on. But, That's a lot of madness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that led me to my second question, which I totally forgot. And it, um, uh -oh. it was like, uh, where would one learn all this stuff? And then second was... Um, yeah, just, can, just can keep, keep an eye up. A chiropractor can... can subsidize or have a decent income from doing this yeah i've made I, I i would estimate that since i had such an unusual practice and not counting medicare just counting what i do what's referred to me uh, uh -huh. monthly i can do anywhere from 20 to 30 orthotics and if you know what these cost you get yeah. an idea that i probably do better than most chiropractors do off chiropractic alone of course and I, I don't see as many patients. I, I'm, an all, I'm pretty much a cash practice other than Medicare and very little PI. But I have enjoyed keeping my, you know, my foot in the water with Cairo. I like helping people. I just kind of you know, morphed into someone that had a different, unique set of skills. And, and it pays better. I, I hate to say it, but it, you know, you're talking about hundreds of dollars yeah. for a half hour work. And so I do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Can, can the re results say, may vary. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's say you did five pairs a month. And I, and I, don't, I don't think that's very hard or very difficult in your, if you have a busy practice, especially if you're treating sports. Uh, just plantar fasciitis alone. If you can't find four or five a month in a busy practice, you're not looking. Yeah. And yes, you can earn, you can probably cover your overhead in the office doing that. Um, the, the interesting thing that I find uh, about what, what's become the FTCA or how it's evolved, and, and we talked about this a little bit on, offline before we got started, was the FTCA got started and everyone was pretty excited. 
mm-hmm. then there was a lull. There was like a quiet period. I don't know if it was the the volcano waiting to blow and then it just well, finally exploded. But what I found was there are there are there's a demand for learning these things. Absolutely. And now we're starting to see the leaders step up and and start to learn how to figure out how to provide their own content. Because if it's if it wasn't going to be you, and I don't I couldn't imagine who else it could possibly be, but who else would do this except for you? You know, you know the old, yeah, there's, uh, there are a few uh, licensed pet orthists who are chiropractors in the United States. I don't think any of them are as vocal as I am or involved. Uh, That's leadership, my friend. Well, they're just, you know, they're just in their practice and maybe they're younger than me and maybe they'll end up here. There's, there's one guy, you know, just today you and I were uh, talking briefly and, and I, get, I get a lot of private messages from people I don't know. And they ask these questions <laughs> like yeah. you. I, I showed you one. And they're very interested in this. And the bottom line is they're not seeing this. In, I hate to say I'm the only one because I'm not. But most of the companies, most of the labs that cater to chiropractors, they don't have a guy like me that gives a rodent's behind about you guys learning something. They're just out to sell. I hate right. to say it, but it's really true. I would rather earn, earn that sale by providing you content. Yeah, you're you know. truly a, a, a win-win a win-win person, which... I think, is, yeah, if you have an interest, there is no downside to learning from me. You'll, you'll get all the, the basic uh, systems, if you want to call it that, but basic knowledge, et cetera, and there's only places to go from there. I mean, it can get, it can get into it when you start talking to the big podiatrists in this. It can become a very complex subject, just like chiropractors try to make everything. They're no mm-hmm. different. And yeah, they are, and by the way, they argue with each other just as much as we do. It's horrible. Sure. So, sure a lot but, of them are putting their foot in their mouth too. But <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, bottom line, I I'm going to really aggressively work to get this out there. Maybe I'll learn some things from you about uh, promoting. We will help you, my promoting. friend. This is necessary stuff. Yeah, I think if you're going to do it, the bottom line is you can't just sell people. Uh, something for hundreds of dollars that's that's inert and generic oh well let's do this uh as we're starting to get close to wrapping up here let's Mm -hmm. let's approach that subject why are orthotics important why are they important to a stand an average chiropractic provider's patients because mainly i think you're going to see people uh that that have foot and lower extremity pain etc and the unfortunate thing is the only word we know out there is pronation. Yeah. So every, right? So foot lovers, even, they have a little pronation gauge or something that measures your navicular. <laughs> when, when, I, when I give the seminars, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the science there. Uh, navicular, navicular height drop is not, uh, does not correlate and pronation or flat-footedness does not always correlate to injury. So you can't look at the foot as just, okay, it's flat, it needs an orthotic. But if it's flat or if it's cavus in our higher arch foot and you're having problems, then you ask why. How do those feet behave differently? Why would I make the orthotic different for those two patients? What am I, what am I trying to change about their gait or their pain, et cetera? So these things are, I think, we have the background and training to learn it very simply. 
if it's presented in you know digestible chunks and that will that will be you know the goal moving forward for me hopefully we'll get it out there and uh they're they're important because for one thing patient satisfaction like i said is so high with these i rarely i think in 10 years i've had two people that couldn't wear a pair of orthotics i made them so is is there an objective measurement tool or standard for orthotic uh, prescription? So say you prescribe orthotics to a patient, is there an objective way or measurement tool for, for knowing that you've objectively improved their, their, uh, their life or their health condition? I think objectively uh, you can see the change. I mean, I post videos in, in FTCA. I had that guy in there that had that really tragic looking foot. And I, I made something very unusual and special for him and put him in a very special shoe. It, it clear, the shoe alone, he got ahead of time, and it cleared up his pain about 30 40%. He called, me, he called me last week, and just watching his gait video, his foot wasn't dripping on the ground anymore. Last week, he was at 75% better. And that's what I told him. So part of it's subjective. Uh, I'll work on that. Let, let, me, let me think about that. But objectively, other than, I think other than doing outcome measurements, you have yeah. to go off what the patient's telling you. Sure. You know, object, I mean, objectively, if you did surgeries, you could see if you did a calcaneal osteotomy, if it's, if the heel's vertical again, that doesn't always happen with something in the shoe. So I think it's, it's all like ADL investigation. Like the person can only run a mile before their, before their foot hurts and then provide exactly. the orthotic. And now they're like, you know what? I can run three or four miles without pain. And sort exactly. Of- and I, I may give them outcome assessments and I may not, but I write a lot down Great. and I'll, I'll write, cool. you know, What's your pain? When does it come on? Blah, 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 blah. And then when we follow up with them, we ask those questions again, and we usually get good, really good feedback. It's pretty rare that it does nothing, you know? Yeah, no, it's completely fascinating to me. And then, you know, look at it this way. And like, like we talked about, sometimes a lot of people are very hesitant or resistant to orthotics because they've heard certain things or shoes weaken feet or orthotics weaken the foot. It's just not true. And we, we have the objective evidence of that. But the bottom line is you can almost always improve what you're doing with your rehab in, in patients where you can identify a deformity, uh, a, a lack of something or muscle firing and gait, et cetera. So they actually work really well together with like all of the stuff your other speakers are going to talk about. And that's the whole point. It's not a panacea. It's a tool. It's part of the whole system. Gotcha. Um, before we wrap up, depending on your comfort level, would you like to discuss or give any opinions on why you think chiropractic is such a cesspool for practicing chiropractors? <laughs> I think you can always I, plead the fifth. No, no. And, and I, I've been there since the beginning with you. You're one of the people that, that I saw online that struck my interest in uh, what, you know, especially once you made the FTCA. Uh, I think that the biggest reason is that uh, we have a certain segment. I, I, I look at chiropractic as a loaf of bread. And about 15% or so on one end is, is the people that we don't really share much in common with. Heels. Yes. 
And then the, the, the other half, the, the other end of the loaf, is people who are so medically inclined and don't adjust patients and whatever. And they just, they want prescription rights. And everyone else. They can be heels too. Well, everyone else is right in the middle. And we don't have an identity that is strong enough. We're not accepted by mainstream medicine or the public. And for years, I think we've had shit bags. Can I say shit bag? Yeah, you can say shit bags, dirt bags, scum face. Okay. We've had people who have, we've had people who have preyed on, especially our young, and not given them a chance, not given them good uh, associateships where they can grow and earn money. And what happens is they get bitter. Uh, And chiropractors themselves, we're always fighting reimbursement. We're always fighting with, you know, patients that go to their doctor and they say, don't let them touch your neck. So the bottom line is it's utilization. If we were at 20% utilization, all this crap would go away. All these gurus, which, you know, of course, you're the greatest guru of all time. That's right. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think all of these guys would go away. I think if we, we you know, you can talk about, in, uh, not internships, but what the do you call that? Stuff, yeah. Residencies, these things. We need better leadership. My state is accessible. You left my state. I did. And, I did. And I understand why. They don't uh, pay for what I do. Right. I, so I that's able to move again and they didn't care about that. that <laughs> well, that's why I decided to go cash and it hasn't hurt me much, but I don't know. I don't know what the future holds or how long I'll be in there. But I, I think the bottom line is that the profession needs to be cleaned up from within in the way that we're you and and all of your speakers and everyone and and that group are trying to do which is letting go of some long-held lexicon that doesn't serve us uh unicorns etc and moving forward uh with good clinical practice showing showing the the public we can be trusted doing a good job for people letting them go so many things bobby you can't i i don't think you can just point to a few items no, no. And I do think, you know, there's a lot, there's a long history there. And of course, that workers' compensation reform that did happen in 2005, uh, a lot of the young chiropractors don't know about that. But in 2005, when Governor Schwarzenegger took office, um, immediately with, the, with one swipe of the pen, one signature, there was a large number of people in California on, in the chiropractic business that went out of business overnight. Now, part of that was because they, they viewed workers' compensation as some sort of cash cow, and they were all in on that practice style. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and once no one paid anymore, there was no more money coming in. Uh, and a lot of it was abuse by the people who are considered gurus and the leaders of the profession in the state mm-hmm. because there were people putting on seminars like how to milk the golden cash cow workers' compensation for all it's worth. They were putting on seminars like that were, had those kind of titles. Yep. And the state was tired of hearing that crap. It wasn't a, a, a sheep to be fleeced. So whenever they had their chance, they gave it to the chiropractors as they deserved. But what happened was not only did it make some people go out of business overnight, everybody else that has come along for 17 years later now, now we're getting into uh, about you know, what, 12 years later, 12 years. 13 yeah. years later. I don't uh, know about your math, but. <laughs> you know, 12, 13 years later, yeah. uh, they're still suffering because it's like if you, if you don't have that avenue uh, or that, that way to diversify your practice, you've got to create other ways. And there are some pretty creative ways going on in California right now. 
Uh, and don't get me wrong, the the board itself could be a little bit more diligent in um, um, uh, making sure that people are following the rules. That's just my personal opinion, uh, but I, that's neither here nor there. Well, the, pro the, the, the problem is, and, and as you alluded to, uh, one particular guy put an advertisement in the California Chiropractic Association Journal that read, uh, work comp, the goose that still lays the golden egg. And that was used at the Department of Industrial Relations meeting to, to hatchet us, to, to neuter us as uh, treating physicians and everything else. So I, I was affected to the point where I almost went out of business when that happened because it was yeah. 70, it was, so you asked me how I got into other things. You know, I read who moved my cheese and decided I had this other, you know, I got to go find new cheese. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Shame on that there. guy, but yeah. also shame on the California chiropractic association for allowing those sort of things to be advertised in their medium. Well, as you yeah. know, the other things that the California chiropractic association allows to happen yeah. in their name and their stead, they need to be ashamed of that stuff too. And they need to step up and do something about it instead of perpetuating these things just to keep their own boat floating financially. Well, it's a good old, you know, you, you like that word or that term subluxation industrial complex. It might even be yours. It is my word, industrial subluxation complex. And, and here's, you know, here's the thing. They're all buddies. They're all voting for each other into office. They're all promoting a hundred year lifestyle and let, let insurance just run all over us. And, you know, I'm not real happy with them. I think we could use a different state association, but I'm in a different spot. I don't know that I'll be practicing chiropractic next year because of the growth of the lab, but right. I feel bad for all of the other docs. And let me tell you something. There's what, one-sixth of all chiropractors in the country practice in California? That's right. Darn too. If, if you want, and with, with don't come here. I'm sorry. I know, I know you want to live the California dream. I grew up here, so did Bobby, but you got to be out of your gourd to come here with the laws the way they are. I'm just saying that up front. Uh, if, if a young doc asked me, I would say, no, find, find a state that really needs you. And find a state I hate that this. needs you and find a state that doesn't have four chiropractic colleges or how many are there now? Three, four? That doesn't have like four or five or six chiropractic colleges. I think there's or. three now. Cleveland, I, I, I think I burned Cleveland down, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, and and Carl, Carl loves me. I can't wait to see him in, uh, in June, but hopefully we will. Loves that was, me. That school is in a great location too, though. That was a bummer. Yeah, it was, it was, it was excellent. But uh, yeah, yeah, at any rate, I, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity and you uh, uh, hitting me up and saying, hey, Dave, you want to do this and talk about this a bit? Because I think these podcasts are going to be very, very fruitful, very interesting. I think, you know, it's a, it's a great thing and a great lead up to your event. So practicing chiropractic is freaking awesome. Like it is, <laughs> I mean, you can't get down on it. You just have to keep your head on a swivel and you've got to be creative. It's like, uh, it, it's like one of those choose your own adventure books. They give you this diploma and you get to decide whatever you want to do. Like yeah. you can do well, I mean, anything you want within the legal bounds of your license, you know? Look at some of the guys that you have. That's a good speaking. thing and a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, some of the people you have speaking have their own, you know, like the gym hybrid model. 
if yeah, I were still heavily invested, I would do that. I you would try to so do something creative with this yeah. helping people. All yeah. we're asking to do if you're, uh, if you want to align yourself with the FTCA or their ideals is that you do ethical things that are patient centered. Yeah. But other than that, there's a whole world of ways you can be creative and, uh, and we want to help uh, people get there. We want to help facilitate that. I, I think, you know, if we joke about me being a guru because of my greatest chiropractic consultant ever videos on uh, Facebook, they're kind of like spoof videos of what it's like to be a chiropractic consultant. But if I'm anything at all, if anyone wants to give me a label, I'm just a facilitator. I connect dots. That's what I do. Yep. And, um, and I hope for the future that I can help you connect dots uh, for your endeavor because I'm, I fully support it. I appreciate that. A lot. You are, you are a good person and I consider you a friend, even though I've never met you. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that the amazing part of uh, the internet? But someday we will but have we'll, tacos. We'll meet, we'll meet soon. We'll have We're tacos. We'll meet June 1st through 3rd, Kansas City. You got it. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, thanks. Thanks for being the first. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Hopefully this co uh, goes off well and we don't get any hate mail. Let we'll me know. See. Yeah, we'll if see. If we do, I'd like their names. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah. We, I'll just we, add it to my long list of hate mail that I receive on an almost and daily basis. We'll, and we'll get, we'll get around to doing a maybe a part two or something, like you said, for members. And, yeah. you know, I think people should uh, support and join the FTCA. It's the only thing going out there, large body of people, trying to bring evidence-based practice to chiropractors. Yeah. Don't yeah, everybody who is listening, please do check out the forward thinking uh, chiropractic Alliance's website. It's forwardthinkingchiro.com. There's already quite a few references and, and uh, there's some, some valuable stuff on there and, and a blog. Uh, we have a classified ad section that you can apply to. And if you want to be a member, it puts you on the membership map. Uh, that's all cheap. It's not expensive and all that stuff. We just want to get people some quality stuff and build a thing that we can say is ours. Beautiful. Uh, let's get out of here. I'm done. All right. All right, man. Hugs and <laughs> Thank you. Sweet yeah. corns and rainbows. <laughs> Thanks, Unicorn King. I think, yeah, that's, that's it. That's how we're going to end every show. Unicorns nice. and rainbows. Unicorns and rainbows right on. <laughs>